Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Class 1A Podcast. As always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me, I have James Graham and Dylan Beal to continue breaking down each and every episode of Season 5 of My Hero Academia and providing you all the other My Hero Academia content that you could ever want. Before I get into the breakdown, before anything like that, how are you two doing? And just overall, good episode, bad episode, how do you feel about today? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I, we're going to go into this a little bit more, um, but I love the setups. Um, I always think that they're really interesting to provide like a really good backstory. So I don't know. I, I really liked it, especially going back to see like what's going on with Hawks. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I think, I think that's the big thing is like where there's so much mystery around Hawks, especially with this season. It's always nice getting like extra little tidbits of information about him, even if he's not even like a player right now. Like we're gonna like we're doing like a class A, class B like square off and Hawks is still like finding his way into this, which I think is a good thing for the overall mood of the of the uh the season so far. So I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm liking it. Yeah, I I totally agree. And if you guys do end up enjoying this episode after we go through all of it, we're going to be doing a recap. We're gonna be talking about our general thoughts couple discussion points and the plus ultra so if you guys do end up joining that please make sure to subscribe on youtube leave a five star uh podcast uh, review on any podcasting platforms or on all podcasting platforms out there so no matter how we're listening or how you prefer to listen you're going to be able to find us and you can keep up to date with everything we do on twitter.com slash class 1a pod so make sure to follow that as well we put out all our new videos podcasts all that kind of stuff there as well but with that let's jump in to the recap for episode five season five Operation New Improv Moves. So pretty much the episode just opens right up with a very short summary of last week's episode and slash battle, kind of wrapping up saying that Class 1A ended up winning the first round. Then we jump into the opener. After that, it starts with Aizawa giving each member of Class 1A and Shinzo an opportunity to talk about what they learned or what they would have done differently. Each member gives an in-depth and serious reasoning besides Kaminari, who now thinks everyone in the world is in love with him because he did one thing right. Um, it is apparent to all those um, that are kind of looking and listening to the advice that they're talking about that the two, Froppy and uh, Kaminari and Kirishima that did the work studies are thinking in a much different way than everyone else and that they're clearly more in that hero kind of state, while the other ones, while still being more serious, aren't quite there. Aizawa then gives each of them a little bit of piece of advice, and then on the uh, Class 1B side, Vlad gives his own advice in a very scary way and is over the top that he always kind of is. Um, after that, all the groups continue to make plans for their upcoming battles, while all the teachers gather up to talk about how they think Shinzo did, and that how he's going to be very amped up and ready to go for the next fight, but his first one and how he's feeling after the first fight despite winning is still a very good mentality to have. After that, the next fight is about to kick off, and the two teams have a couple of minutes to kind of talk before the fight actually begins, where mainly it is going to be Momo and Kendo talking about how they're kind of in the same box and almost seem like this idle kind of status because of their... Um, internship that they did together but then also it's going to be Kurio slash Fanta Black which we learned his hero name in this fight um, is kind of talking about Tokiyami and challenging him like hey we're also kind of like the same type so I want to challenge you and I want to defeat you kind of setting up two big showdowns that are going to be happening in the fight as the battle actually begin Dark Shadow scouts way ahead but as he's coming back because he was so far out he can't be used very long we see that Kurio is or Fanta Black I should just keep saying it so I don't have to go through that name every single time um, uh, it's kind of taking over Dark Shadow when he comes back and that they kind of begin to have that showdown now talking about how I'm, I'm going to vanquish you and all of a sudden Tokiyami takes off his cloak saying fine I accept your challenge and during that moment we do get the flashback that these two alluded to at the top of the episode where pretty much 
it goes over two different time periods. One, the one week internship after the first school, uh, the tournament festival, where they are talking about how it was unfulfilling for Tokiyami because all Hawks really want to do was talk to him about everything that's happened at Class 1A so far. But when he went back for his actual work study, he improved so much and that he was kind of able to keep up with Hawks a little bit more. And Hawks actually took him flying around the city, took him up on a tower and kind of gave him this little speech about how I think you're wasting potential and that those who should fly, those who can fly should. And after that, we do go back to seeing that Vanta Black's challenge to Tokiyami was actually kind of a fake out to go and capture Ariyama instead. But as he's going away and Vento Black is very sure that he was going to get away, we see that Tokiyami can now actually fly by using his cloak and dark shadow to kind of hover him along and ends up saving Aoyama and the rest of Class 1A kind of uh, faces off against him, lighting up the whole battlefield. And with that, Class 1B's Plan A has failed and Plan B goes into effect and we start seeing mushrooms popping up on both of the girls that are in Class 1A facing down against Vento Black. And then it cuts over to the remaining members of Class 1B saying Plan B is going into effect. And the Mushroom Girl, starting to get her first idea of kind of what her quirk is. Surprise, Mushroom Girl has a Mushroom Quirk. It's starting to do mushrooms all over there. And it ends with Vanta Black saying Kendo is better when talking about Plan A. So again, try to kick, uh, stick to a very short kind of recap there because it was fighting and recapping fights is kind of dumb. But... Overall, we kind of had this whole setup period. Then we had the first little uh, start of the fight. And just, again, diving a little bit more into what your thoughts on the episode is. Did you guys enjoy the post-recap analysis? Did you want to just get into a fight? What about that kind of thought? So I have one thing I want to talk about that's a little bit short that I thought was really, really funny. So going back to uh, one of the flashbacks with Hawks, uh, he said he was going to break up a fight at a bar. Uh, but he talked about... Uh, going to the bar in Cantina, which is a reference to Star Wars, but it's called Cantina because Cantina is a bar. Cantina but the bar, bar in Cantina. <laughs> and so like, I, I don't know if it was intentional that it was supposed to be like, like all circled up into one, <laughs> or if he was making, or if Horikoshi was making a reference to Star Wars and unintentionally did like, call just place Cantina? calling it a Cantina anyway, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really funny just <laughs> reading that. Uh, no, like overall, I thought like I, it was a little dialogue heavy, but I thought I think it was like a necessary dialogue heavy. I one one thing that kind of hurt me was like I don't know how many times Hawks said like birds of a uh, birds of a feather. Like he said it like fifteen times. I'm like, dude, we get it. Like you're a bird, dog. <laughs> like like I know. Like, but uh, Hawks yeah, no, doesn't I, know how to talk to people. I mean, oh, he's, he's like this superstar. I mean, we know a little bit about his backstory and how he's just kind of recruited and mm. went straight into that. So like. He probably hasn't really interacted with people. Now he's at the top of the hero world. So interacting well, with young people, especially despite him being like, what, 21 at this point, is probably way weird for him. Yeah. You say that, though, but like we we watched him and Endeavor walk around and Hawks was the comfortable one. Like Hawks was super comfortable, like socializing yes with no, crowds of people. Yes but kind of like just signing stuff and being all cocky and cool is a little different than actually having a conversation with someone uh, i don't know i think i think hawk's just a bit of a weirdo sometimes i think that's all it is yeah but... I'll, I'll give you that but i i definitely agree that it was a little dialogue heavy for me and i definitely thought that the first half of the episode took a lot longer than i was expecting i definitely expected there to be some kind of wrap of the fight i really enjoyed the aizawa talking to class 1a and kind of like okay what did you learn what could we do better next time giving them advice I really enjoyed all that, even getting the Class 1B kind of reference of it, too. But then that point between 
when the fight actually started and when they Aizawa was finished giving advice felt very long for me, even though there's some really good and funny moments in there. But going back to Bakugo three times, still yelling at his group for the third time, like the first two times I laughed, the third time I'm like, okay, let's get on to the fight. Because I'd rather just see Bakugo fighting and interacting with mm. his squad mates that way rather than him yelling at the squad mates about how I'm not going to work with you during the fight. So it was just kind of those kind of moments where they try to draw out some of these little gimmicks or conversations just a little bit too long where I'd rather just get to the arc. Cause this whole arc is about all these groups fighting and seeing how they're going to work together and use their quirks. So I'd rather have that than them talking about everything there. I didn't mind the Kendo and Tokoyami stuff as much. The Hawks flashback was super cool, but it was when everyone was sitting around that it just felt out of place to me. See, I almost felt it. I almost felt it was necessary because like it was, uh, they they had initially seen the first group and like like anybody who's done team sports anybody who's done like the trial by fire being the first group sucks because you don't you're kind of laying out the groundwork on how not to do it right and i think that's really what happened here and you i think you needed that the character like you needed to be shown that the characters understand oh we need a plan going into this we need to lay this out yes i think flipping back to bakugo like after the second time was unnecessary or because Mina like, yelled out like four super moves that was never explained or wasn't really planning like they're yeah. all funny gimmicks but it wasn't what I wanted out of this episode that I thought was. I, well, yeah, exactly. I think I think the the most understand like the, the the most appropriate interaction was like Ida and like Shoji and like that group talking about it because they were like legitimately trying to plan. Yes. You know what I mean? So you actually got a bit of like uh, like like building too because they were even there's even Ida talking about like Reciproco like there's something going on with that too. Like there was a bunch of stuff there which I think was really good. And then yeah, the rest of it was like comedic relief in a weird spot. Dylan? No, yeah, I mean, without going into, like, the, I guess, uh, one of our bigger topics, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I think you need to have those kind of small interactions to really set that up, so uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was fine. I, I like it because it is also, like, a little bit of a teaser about what's to come for the rest of the season, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like those little tiny interactions, and you got to fill time a little bit uh, the way that they lay out the episodes. Yeah, but, okay, and one other thought on another small topic there is, did anyone else before this episode, realize why they're chanting Yayo Rozu at the concert before this episode? Yeah, they, they did talk about that. Uh, I think when it happened, they said the same thing of like, oh, yeah, it was because they were like together or whatever uh, during their internship. And now they're like kind of packaged together. I well, yeah, think, but I, think I, I didn't reason. like I remember in season four, they're all chanting when the concert started. I thought it was so weird. Like she wasn't a lead singer or anything. Yayo Rozu was just on the stage and they're chanting her name. And it didn't click with me that she was kind of seen as an idol now in like the school. Like I, that never clicked with me because I remember the work study. I remember all the references there, but it didn't click with me of, I even watched season four. I said that uh, to my girlfriend. I'm like, why did they, why are they chanting our rules? Or like, they should be chanting Jiro. She's the lead singer here. Like <laughs> she's doing great. So I'm kind of glad they did that explanation because I think for a lot of people, no one understood why they chanted Yaro Rosu. So I'm happy they did that little bit there because that was way over my head. So I guess if we don't have any other little small things, I mean, Dylan, I mean, I guess the one thing they mentioned some kind of egg in this episode. Yeah. So uh, at the end, uh, when they're explaining like the dark shadows, like new, like the, the new use of it, being able to fly and whatnot, um, Deku explains the whole thing. And he's like, well, I guess it's kind of like an egg of Columbus. So like what the, the, the reference is, is egg of Columbus is like a, it's like a thought experiment sort of it's like um so 
Columbus discovered a new trade route and like the whole idea was, oh yeah, this, it was inevitable that people were going to discover the trade route. And he said, yes, but you didn't. I was the one who discovered it. Um, and then he, the, the reference to the egg is he says, take this egg and balance it on his tip. And everyone tries to balance the egg on the table and they can't because it's an egg, it falls over. And so he takes it and he pushes the bottom in a little bit and he puts it on the table and it just stands there. And like the whole idea is about kind of like creativity on like, you inevitably will be like come to these things. Like they're so obvious when you see them, but like getting to the obvious solution requires a little bit of creativity and not everyone can kind of discover that creativity. Hmm. Okay. That's right. not, that is not, that is not what I thought it was, but and I yeah. thought it was a very deep reference that I think one out of 30, you had to look that up. I know you did. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not even <laughs> giving the chance that like you just knew what that was. So like, I don't think anyone got that, but Again, Columbus has probably searched a lot this week, so congratulations to Columbus. But um, I guess, yeah. So with that, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, with that, let's uh, move into some of our bigger topics. With the first one, just being the overall Hawks internship. I mean, Dylan, this was something that you put on the outline for today, so I'll let you kind of lead. What do you want to talk about with this? Yeah, so obviously there is, from the first episode, we have this, like, overlying Hawks, like, spy kind of narrative because we had like that kind of introduced and it was like, all right, let's switch over to, you know, fun, fun class antics. Uh, so I'm glad that they still are able to kind of like coast that storyline in by talking about the internship that we never really heard about. Uh, so I, I thought it was a really cool way to introduce us to like what happened during the work study and internship uh, with Hawks. Um, but it also gave us like a cool insight of, you know, Hawks was saying like, oh yeah, I, I want to hear all about uh, the League of Villains. Like, why don't you tell me about what's going on there? Which an obvious motive of why he was asking all those questions. So I thought that was really cool. I was wondering what you guys thought of it and if there was anything I might have missed there. James, you can lead. Um, well, I mean, like, not really. Like, it it just played into, like, it, like, the initial part of it played into Hawks' character so well. He's like, I like, he's very self-motivated. He's very, like, uh, like, like, go, like, so, like, like, his own personal goal-oriented. So, of course, he's just going to use somebody. Right, like I think it, it was just a matter of time. Like, it just, like the only thing that drew Tokiyami there, I like. I mean, as you find out later in the flashback, is that there's multiple layers to it. But initially, at, at face value, it's like bird information, sick. That makes sense, right? And then you know, as it it gets a little deeper, but um, yeah, I I like I I didn't have anything against like the the Hawks flashback. I thought it was um, I thought it was like it was cool to get more information, but like it almost went exactly how I thought it would. You know what I mean? Like there was no like, holy shit. Like, you know, they like Hawks doing something like crazy with Tokiyami. Like, I mean, Tokiyami's character, like it was definitely like, you know, eye opening and like a bit of a, you know, um, I don't know, like a, I, I, I don't want to say coming of age, but like, you know, it was a bit of a, like a self-realization. Like I can do more with what I'm like, what I'm, uh, what I'm capable of. Right. But I, I, me as a viewer, I'm just like, okay, well this, this makes sense, right? Like this, this, this all went like according to how it should in a flashback, right? So I, I thought it was actually was surprising uh, because yeah. the internship being nothing happened. Like he literally said, like nothing happened there. I couldn't even keep up with him the entire time. I thought that was pretty shocking because I think like the obvious layout of it is he goes there and like Hawks like blows his mind with like all this cool new bird technology that he could start using <laughs> whatever with his cork, and that wasn't the case. Like he got nothing out of the first internship. And when he went back for the second one, it was only because of that, like one special interaction that he really unlocked stuff. But outside of that, you know, 
he wasn't doing a whole lot. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting because thinking about Hawks, I would have thought he would have been a more maybe hands-on, maybe he would have been trying to teach him a lot more stuff. And that just like wasn't the case. So I thought that was kind of interesting at least. Yeah, I just I just found that like we've we've gotten so many layers of Hawks is like it's 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 very much about him and he's going to be the fastest person to the finish line sort of thing. So like to hear that Tokoyami got like kind of left to the wayside wasn't really that like it, it, to me at least it just didn't seem like it was that surprising, right? Like it was it was um you know like he was just, Tokoyami was more or less being used, right? Um, but like I mean yeah like he like I mean the nice part was like Tokoyami kind of proved himself and that's what like perked Hawks' interest. So you get to see a bit of depth with Hawks that he's not just so self-centered and you know all about him so yeah andrew what about you i i mean i guess i didn't expect it to be mind-blowing when during season four it wasn't mentioned at all i mean i how i took that was i mean we got the flashback here but it wasn't like we got to see froppy and uraraka during their internship time for at least a little bit of an episode and when we didn't get that same moment with tokiyami at all with talks which they mentioned multiple times throughout the season, but never actually showed. I kind of picked up that there was something a little weird there, that it wasn't as good of an experience or something kind of like that. Because, I mean, if you look at the three groups of Uraraka and Froppy, you look at Kirishima with Fat Gum, and then you look at Tokoyami and Hawks, out of those three, which one sounds the most interesting? It would be Hawks and Tokoyami, because Tokoyami's already a cool character, and Kirishima seems so one-sided. And then for me, I would have thought Froppy and Uraraka would have the second most interesting internship. So kind of having that order reverse with Kirishima being the most, Froppy being the next, and then nothing from Tokiyami. I just set up a thing that, okay, something weird is about this, that maybe Hawks wasn't as good, that, or Tokiyami got some big kind of super move that they didn't want to use yet. So I guess nothing here surprised me, but I didn't know what we were going to get until it happened, if that makes sense. That I knew it was going to be a little weird or it wasn't going to be as interesting, because otherwise they would have showed it last season when it made sense. So... I don't have too much to add. I kind of agree with both of what you're saying, but I, I still like seeing the flashback and it felt good in this episode because I wouldn't have wanted to see that last season. Like kind yeah. of having that reveal last season, showing it off now wouldn't have been as cool as Tokiyami having that level up now like so many other people did last season. How do we How do we feel about the level up? How do we feel about Fallen Angel? I don't know. Being able oh, to fly is pretty yeah, fucking it's cool. awesome. It's <laughs> yeah. so cool. It's so incredibly cool. My, my bone to pick with it is how it how it looks on Tokoyami, like how the how the whole appearance of it just, I feel, I feel like it could look cooler. I don't, I don't know why. Cause he's basically got a, like a tube around the, like around his stomach. And then the, like, and then dark shadows hands are like ass backwards. So he can like glide, you know what I mean? So like, I don't, I, uh, to me, I, I'm like, this can look, this can look way more badass. And I, I'm assuming with how we've seen character development and stuff like that, eventually this will be like a more like badass looking move. Um, but for me initially, I'm just like, okay, well now he can fly, but he yeah, he's still so working cool. on it. it. It's one of I his know. first times using it. Give him a I break. know, I know, man. But like, come on, dude, you're, you're, you're like the edgiest hero in class one. A like you need to be like, you can't have a, two, you can't have like the equivalent of like a water, like a, like a, like the water harnesses, like what, what the tubes, you know what I'm talking I about? Th I think it looks cool. I like yeah. him. I, I, think, I think it just builds up to the inevitable of everyone has to fly. Everyone has to fly. You, you can't have a hero that doesn't fly because they're going to get left behind. Bakugo, explosions everywhere he could fly. Uh, Shoto just shoots whatever, like fire or ice and flies. Um, Deku can jump with his legs. Like everyone has to be able to fly. 
don't know about that. Is, is, name, is someone, that... name someone who can't fly. That's 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 a high power level that can't fly. It's Mina. Everyone. Mina's not high power level. She also rides Aizawa. on Aizawa. So, uh, he's Aizawa. like Spider Man. He's like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Spider Man. Yeah, like, I mean, that even Midnight? goes for Sarah too. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Vlad. We don't know. Mike. We don't. Uh, we, okay, present, present, present. Mike is not high power level. Nezu <laughs> could fly if he wanted to. He could like raise the contraption up. Just like, all right, and, all right, all off. right. Well, while talking about quirks, I, and we so we've mentioned quirks and we mentioned edgy heroes in the last like two minutes. So I want to talk about Venta Black because I, I think it's a cool ass name. He's weird as hell. I think he's, he's edgier than Tokoyami. I actually, Tokoyami might take it back with Fallen Angel as a hero like power, but Vanta Black, I just thought it was very cool. And Dylan, break down the quirk, break down him for us a little bit. Well, I, I mostly want to talk about his name because you might have uh, heard like some weird disassociation of President Mike saying his quirk was black, but it said dark in the title. Um, but it's very clearly he said black. And why did they do that exactly? Uh, so the reason why I think that they did it is because Vanta Black is like a substance that was developed by a company. Basically, it is a type of material that is like one of the darkest things possible. Like it is the blackest of black, which is why his, you know, he, he is Vanta Black. Um, but because it was developed by a company, I think if you want to use that material, it's like something you actually buy. Like you can't, it, Vanta Black isn't just like a analogous thing that exists out of nowhere. It's a real substance that you have to buy from this company. And so I think it's like a it's like one of those copyright names, gotcha. sort of. Uh, and I think that's maybe why they did it. And so that's why he's no longer Vanta Black with Quirk Black. Instead, he's Vanta Dark with Quirk Dark. Even though Vanta Black, we're going to call him that because it's the coolest name. I also think I also think it has a double meaning of using Vanta Dark and Dark because of Dark Shadow. I think I think the the analogous of the two as well because you know they're supposed to be like rivals or whatnot. I think that is like uh, maybe an added little bonus that they have there, mm. but I think I think the the copyright thing is maybe why they did it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree more with that. I feel like the I think that'd be a little bit too on the nose if they did dark because of dark shadow and all that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe it could. I mean, I don't know how much we're gonna see of a lot of these class one B members after this fight. I mean, we haven't seen any of them up until this fight in five seasons, so. Who knows how much we'll see after him. So if it was just a character made specifically to kind of go up and give Tokiyami a level up opportunity, I think it makes sense there. But if he shows up after this fight, I think that might be a little too much. But nonetheless, I, I think the reasoning makes sense. And I thought it was a cool quirk. I mean, it's a little vague of what it can do. I mean, he can go in any arc darkness and move through it. But he was able to jump from pipe to pipe. So I guess it's a little unclear of exactly how powerful he can be or what exactly he could do but i thought it was super cool and they used him very well kind of having the mirio face on the pipes as he's moving <laughs> around which i like so i thought it was a really cool uh inclusion and that he's clearly kind of has some intelligence to him as well kind of with the emotional fake out and all that which was probably kendo's plan but every moment in here i was good with i enjoyed having him on screen more than like dark dragon trout or something kind of like that like He's definitely oh, nice, one of the cooler nice class one bees we've seen so far. I, I really like what they're doing with like the the dark edginess thing. It's because like Tokoyami is the you know the brooding dark edgy version of like that kind of trope, and he, and and Vanta Black is kind of like the 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 twisted dark version of that of where yeah, he's yeah. like 
he's he's like laughing about things a lot uh i don't know i i like when things are kind of like over the top in that kind of way i i like his personality and i think it clashes really well with uh with tokiyami especially in this like one-on-one yeah he's definitely like i mean like it even boils down to like he's this schemer hero too right like i mean he's mm-hmm. supposed to be a little like you know a, like there's supposed to be levels to him he's not supposed to be he like he's like he's almost like um like evil genius kind of like vibe that's what you're supposed to kind of get off of him right and i mean you kind of see some cool like quirk interaction too because it's not just like jumping from like darkness to darkness but he's a lot he like he can extend limbs and stuff like that too right which is i think like if he's fighting in the dark that could be like that could be nuts right that could be really really powerful right and he has some kind of control over darkness because he was able to control dark shadow so that that wasn't exactly yeah, clear how that, that kind of worked th- yeah, I feel like that's almost an interaction with Dark Shadow, and like that's like I feel like that's like, one of those weird one-offs. Well, yeah, because it's like, a living dark. But I mean, like, yeah, exactly. But that would signify that if there were other living dark things, that he would be able to have control of it. But darkness as a whole can't be controlled because it's not a real thing. Yeah. But it kind of showed that if some kind of villain, like if a villain was all like a black because of like mutations and all that kind of stuff, could he control him? Like that—that's kind of what that opens up the door with. Yeah. If it was kind of the same kind of vibe of based off how their quirk or if they blend into shadows more or something kind of like that, if they could be taken advantage of, or even like ectoplasm who is black in a lot of places, can that be controlled by his? Well, quirk, that's, like, that's, like, that's like a, that's like a color thing more than an actual, like, cause I mean, dark shadow is supposed to be like shadows. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 But I mean, it, it, it raises an interesting question. Like if somebody's in the shade or in like yeah. a dark alleyway, what can, signifies can, darkness for him? Yeah, can 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 Vanta Black just like like possess them? Like, can they can he? Like... No, I I don't think so. I think it's I I think he like hops into the shadows, but like he would hop into the shadows on the surface of the person. He doesn't well, go like inside. No, no, but that's what I mean. Inside. Like, if you're if you're completely enveloped in like in in like shadow and stuff like that, if like you're in a dark alleyway, you're technically totally encompassed by dark. Well, so, so the way the way that I saw him controlling Dark Shadow wasn't like a he's actually physically controlling him. I mm. see it more of like riding like riding a horse and taking the reins and like steering it somewhere I, okay. that's kind of how i saw it because he didn't move dark shadow in like a super like intelligent way or anything like that it was more like crashing dark shadow back into tokoyami and that's kind of how i viewed it so i don't think he yeah, has that like makes sense. i don't think he has hard control but i think he could probably like you know if he's in the shadow and you're you're covered in a shadow he could probably like rough you up for sure yeah nonetheless yeah. super cool character super um interesting uh, and, and what i just want to say about this team in particular besides ken kendo because like we know a lot about kendo all three of them are just characters that you look at them and you go i want to know what you can do yeah because you have the it, mushroom yeah. girl you have manga and you have vanta black all of them on the surface look like they have really cool quirks i'm excited to see mangas and and mushroom girl i want to know what they can do i I I love the like the, the panda just Kendo and Maga just sitting there like they're like That's this this shot. team is just so like they were just so well laid out like you can already tell they had like layers and layers and layers and I think that does so much justice to Kendo's character too because she was always like the like or I think she was always portrayed to the audience as kind of like the the Momo light like she was always like you know she's Momo but like her quirks not as crazy and stuff like that but you're you're starting to see that chick's real intelligent real like she's real smart about laying stuff out right and it's i think it's just like this episode doubles down on showing how 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 smart she is especially in like a combat scenario right so it's i think it's gonna be really sick and it was it was great to see tetsu tetsu just go off about how great she was too 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love the line of like, yeah, if she wasn't there, Monoma would have had. <laughs> Which is probably true. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. Think of how bad Class One B would be if Kendo wasn't there. So we need we need some Kendo appreciation on the podcast. But actually, with that, I just want to jump into our Plus Ultra Award for this week. I okay. think it is going to be a very interesting one. I think it is going to be one that I have no idea whose answers is going to be. So. With that, if you guys do not already know, the Plus Ultra Award is a weekly award where we decide each week a character that went beyond Win Plus Ultra. All three hosts get to pick their own character, and then at the end of the season, we will title up to see who is the most Plus Ultra of the season, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And with that, I think it is James's turn to lead off the pack. Shit. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough episode, man. Like, I guess, I guess in terms of traditional Plus ultra awarding i'm gonna have to give it to tokoyami because he had a he had a very blatant level up we got some we got some great character development you know we got a new move out of him and he basically yes it might be all for naught because it seems to be as as vanta black's been monologuing um but you know we got to see him kind of counteract his uh his rival right so i think i think that kind of hits the criteria but like i mean this is very much an episode where it's nothing nothing sticks out and i'm basically going to like the formula version of how to give plus ultra advice, something that's like, holy shit, that was amazing, right? Yeah. And then a new rule that's going to go into place before Dylan can make his vote. In order for someone to receive the plus ultra reward, they have to be on screen for more than a minute. So that means they, they can, he cannot Whoa, pick Mushroom why? Girl. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just have a feeling <laughs> that he might somehow pick Mushroom Girl this episode because of the 30 seconds you've seen her. She got some screen time in the media, though. Like, so. uh, all right. So, so mine. James, um, you're great. You're wonderful. I love you. I hope, uh, uh, I, I hope, I hope all the best for you. But you had a terrible pick this week and a lot of bad picks of the past couple weeks. So you got to step up your game because obviously Whatever, it was Vanta Black. Of course he got it. He was so cool. He literally took on their entire team. He took on Tokuyami, which Tokuyami is easily like he could be a contender for the top three of Class One A. Like I, I know top three is pretty strong, but like. Him and Kirishima are obviously fighting for breaking into the top three. He's incredibly powerful, and he was able to go toe-to-toe with him easily, very easily. And not only that, but stand up against every other person on that team and lead them into a trap. All at the same time, easy Vanta Black win there. I'm saying it's environmental preference. Like I think that's the only reason Vanta Black did so well. Our yeah, world is in the shadows. It's, the, it's the, what we deal with. Oh, shut the hell up, man. Jesus. Now, both great picks, but you're both wrong still. So he's coming with the bad takes. It's Kendo. Everything okay, that happened right. in I this episode, gonna... everything that happened. So Dylan's whole argument, everything Vanta Black did was Kendo's plan. Kendo had a badass shot of her sitting there, not even have to do anything and already has everything going to a plan. She predicted more or less the future of what's going to happen with plan A. That was A, her idea. So she used her assets in the correct way, knowing that he'd be able to take on all of class 1A and get him exactly where he wants. And now Kendall's clearly going to take the day. And she has a really cool moment there of like, all right, bitch, why didn't you come against me in the beauty pageant? Like, oh, Momo's like, I'm too scared. I'm not good enough. And Kendall's like, yeah, you know what? You're right, and I'm going to prove it this episode. And she's doing it so far. Kendall, supremacy. 
Nintendo supremacy. <laughs> the only thing. I mean, I can't. I like. I mean, I was gonna yeah. pick Kendo, but then you like. Then you, like, as soon as you said like needs more than one minute of screen time, I was like, ah, like, does that work? No, like, but I said that after you, anyway. Yeah, no, after. Like, he's no, that's what I mean, though. Because I you was backed like, out. You backed out. Whatever, man. Whatever. I wanted him to not be roasted for my fucking. No, see, oh, James, okay. this is why this is why you always pick the 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 bad ones. It's because you need to just cast all the fear aside yep. and go with your heart. So that mean Dylan can look so much better than you. Every, yeah, yeah see, every time I just go full send on like what I feel like, like it's just like, no, James, you're an idiot. And now I'm like, well, I'll go with the meta, and the meta's wrong. Well, apparently. you go with the meta, and we say it anyway. So what do you have to do? No, okay, I back on the so. top before we wrap up. Doesn't matter what metrics you're using, Dylan, Kendo, or Momo. Kendo. Easily. Uh, James, Easily. James. I got I gotta go with Kendo too, honestly. Okay, Kendo Supremacy Podcast. Kendo Supremacy Podcast. He doesn't want to get roasted. <laughs> okay, Dylan, you had a long hesitation there too. For sure. And then you hesitate for like two minutes. Just want to point that out. But this okay, is okay. Kendo First podcast. of all, you can check the tapes. I've been I've been on the Kendo train for a long time. Check the really, tapes. He has been a big Kendo Kendo supporter for sure. Alright, alright. We'll wrap it up as long as everyone knows if you don't support Kendo. You're on the wrong side of history, my friends. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Class 1A podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed as much as we did. It was a great episode. We'll be back next Saturday for the episode 6 recap. As I said, begin the show. Make sure to like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff on YouTube. Leave the five-star reviews. Follow us on Twitter where you can send in questions if you want to talk about it. If you want to make an army argument for Momo, send us a DM or anything kind of like that. We'll listen to your take. It may be wrong, but we'll always talk about it through on air. But Thank you all so much again, and we'll see you back here next Saturday.